Hello, and welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and uh, Luke and I are wearing the same shirt right now. I mean, I'm always wearing the same shirt. I don't have other shirts. You're replicating my look. I think that's important. I'm wearing Luke's shirt today, yeah. I'm wearing Luke's shirt. Cool. It's a, it's a good look. It looks like we're part of a cult. <laughs> I mean, that's always been the dream. That is the dream. That's the true Content Minds, is just a cult. to the show this week we are talking about tucker carlson's docuseries which is called tucker carlson originals <laughs> i got a month trial to fox nation which is the weird fox news netflix and i watched the 45 minute preview because the new season isn't out yet That's, and i have lots of thoughts about i it. hate it when that happens when you're, you're, you're looking forward to something and then the, the season just doesn't come out and you just got to watch the preview instead. Yeah, I am excited to try to cancel this trial before they charge my credit card. <laughs> that's, that's the game that I'm going to be playing. But before we get to that, hey, Luke, how is the internet this week? I feel like the internet has had a lot of beef. Tell me more. I, was, I, I mean, I would, call the, I would call, say the internet has been beefy, but that, that I think has a different meaning relating to i don't know i don't i don't know what beefy is but it's not it's not that but it's had a lot of beef the instance had a lot of beef i don't it feels like there's just every time i have looked at it there's been a different thing that everyone's yelling about yeah that's true and i have i i have not really cared about any of them no that is interesting i typically find various internet drama very juicy and i do not find any of this particularly juicy actually i find it very like tired and like it, we're going through the motions you know lots of old Old dramas replayed. I have. Hang on. I, I'm just counting up my my beef numbers here. I have seven. Uh, I have seven beefs. Okay, run through them. What are the seven? Beefs? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go from from the things that I'm le the least interested in. Actually, no. Sorry. Yeah, I got seven beefs. Uh, the least thing I'm least interested in. The thing I'm most interested in. Let's do it. All right. What's the what? What are you least interested in? I'm least interested in the Dilbert guy posting all of his L's. <sighs> Man, okay, so if no one knows what we're talking about, Scott Adams is the extremely eccentric, I would say, uh, maybe violently extremist, you could also say, creator of Dilbert. He once, fun fact, tried to hypnotize me over the phone. That is, sure. that is a true story. And, and, uh, and it succeeded, and that, that's why you're doing this podcast now. He did make some good points about uh, global politics, I remember, thinking, <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, so he went on like a really long Twitter thread just like talking about all the times that he's been held at gunpoint, right? Uh, it was the times he's been held at gunpoint. It was the times that he lost money, uh, the, the number of times he's been robbed. He's been robbed a lot, which I found interesting. He said he'd been burgled five times, and, uh, and I, I think it was like seven times in his life he's had someone steal more than $50,000 from him. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. That's not, that's not, oh, I, 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 I. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how you'd lose that much money. I don't know how anyone burg, burgle that, steal that much money from you. I, what is that? Is that it's over a million dollars? No, no, no. It's, I did that it's wrong. It's thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. Right. Sure. Uh, that's still a lot of money. That's a lot of money to be robbed from you. It's a huge amount of money to be robbed from you. Uh, and yeah, I don't. I don't understand how he has lost that much money, or how, or more importantly, how he's kept losing that amount of money. 
So from what I understand, he's sort of living like a John McAfee lifestyle. And I think that's what he like that would explain why he's losing all the like people are just robbing him because I think he's he's trying to live like a not off the grid, but he's got that like midlife crisis, uh, most dangerous man kind of thing going on. I mean, I, I, I guess I see that, but he is not like John McAfee for his many flaws did look like the kind of guy who would live that lifestyle. He also didn't famously invent Dilbert. Which yes. I think flies in the face of trying to be some kind of international renegade. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can't be, you can't be that. Oh, that was the other thing that he said. He said that in like thirty years, he'd only taken five full days off work. Yeah, I mean that. I have not taken a, a day off work in about three weeks, and I'm beginning to feel a little like Scott Adams. So that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Like if someone if someone came into the room I'm in right now and held a gun to my head, I'd be like, "Ooh, I should tweet about this." So I understand the psychology, I think, of Scott <laughs> Adams better than I, I expected. Okay, okay. Okay, what's your next number piece? Six. What's your next... Yeah, what's number six? Number six is uh, parents saying taking care of their children uh, is emotional labor. Uh, we're talking about Twitter user Heron G. Yeah. I've been following this all day. It is the parent of two foster children That's tweeting better. about how taking care of their foster children is emotional labor and how... They need a therapist. I mean, it seems like they've messed the children up. So yeah, if this was your parent, this would be... I, I could see why you'd need therapy. I would agree with the assessment that if my parent was tweeting about me, I would need therapy. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, uh, but uh, the specific thing that I don't care about this is that it was someone tweeting for attention and I struggled to... I struggled to feel like... I, I, I struggled to feel exercised about it, and so many people were exercised about it. There hasn't been like a good like SJW cringe that the the dirtbag left could really pile on in a while. I think that's what it was. That might be it. Yeah, that might yeah. be it. But it was it was just it was one of those things where it was such an unnecessary pile on. Where it was like, what are you, what are you doing here? How is this helping? It was a real like person who is now an adult but was a super hulak kind of person 10 years ago doing that kind of behavior in public and i you know and it doesn't come around a lot as much as it used to and i feel like when it does it excites a very certain type of internet user i think partly because they did not notice that they had gone viral for like a solid 16 hours yeah, that's a tough one. They woke up at one point. I saw it, and they had ten retweets and one thousand seven hundred quote retweets. Yeah, and I've seen a lot more screenshots. Like it's a very hard thing to track at the moment, but it's a it's a, it seems like a mess. Yeah, it's gone it's gone very badly. And to be fair, their response to it, their initial response to it was, "I've I've woken up and this has gone really badly. Uh, I'm just going to mute and ignore and move on." And I'm like, "That is that is yeah. good." Uh, I think they have now. Uh, hidden all their tweets so it's less interesting now well, well no no because then that makes a game of yeah. like trading the screenshots before the the private wall goes down yeah exactly anyway yeah i, I just I, I i the extent to which everyone got incredibly mad about it was was I, I don't know man it's like it's not a thing it's fine i do think it should be illegal to tweet about your children uh yeah i mean agreed but mainly because most tweets about their children are not most tweets about children are not interesting. This is one of the more interesting tweets. But yeah, it is. It should be illegal to put the life of of, of an under eighteen year old on the internet in any oh, way. Oh no, no, I mean like in the same way where I think that people shouldn't be allowed to post vac uh, vacation photos on Twitter. Oh, okay. 
I don't want to know anything about a person on Twitter's life. I don't want to know they got married. If you tweet like your wedding ring or you tweet your baby or your vacation, I don't want that. I don't want I don't want to see that. That's not what Twitter's for. Twitter is that would be like announcing to everyone at the center of the Hunger Games stadium that you just got engaged. That's Twitter is a battleground. Yeah. There's no there's no there's no point to be sentimental there. It's also not a place to tweet a photo of your $1,000 Gucci shirt as you head to Coachella. Oh, I see. We've moved on to a new internet. This is number five. This is Hassan Piker and his kind of insane, or sorry, kind of incredibly wild approach to, I mean, it's like, it's the ultimate uh, let people enjoy things slash, uh, what's the thing, what's uh, what's that, that cartoon of the... Um, oh, yet you're participating in society. Very curious. Because that's true. Participating in society and having an iPhone and all that stuff is is fine. And you can go to Coachella and, and be like, yeah, society needs reform. I think the point at which you have a private jet is is the point at which you, you go past that. Yeah, I'm not sure you can say using a private jet to go to Coachella is participating in society. In fact, I think it's actually the opposite. I think that that level, like if you took like a $10 Spirit Airlines flight to go to um, the Vegas emo reunion show, that seems like you're participating with the common person. A private jet to Coachella is uh, different. So, so is, is this is this about the type of people who go to Coachella or is it like a specifically a music thing? Like are you just like emo oh. for the common people and all our music is elitist? I do think emo is for the working class in the same way that like middle-aged people got really into hair metal in the <laughs> early 2000s. Right. I mean, it's coming back. I feel I, I don't know if you've seen the videos this week of like Olivia Rodrigo's shows that she's finally doing, which are like super low rent emo shows in a really yeah, funny yeah. way. No, no, we're 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 about to hit this very exciting point that has only really happened once before, which is when all of the bands that blew up on MySpace finally had to tour live, and then technology got good enough to to to. Sh- like share videos of what different MySpace bands sounded like live. And, and a lot of them like uh, were obliterated by it. Like the first time the people on the internet could hear like what broken side or the millionaires sounded like live. They're like, Nope. All right. All done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's entirely possible, but I, I think in this, in this case, it's a good thing. Uh, she seems to do it. I'm, I'm into it. Well, no, it's good. I'm, uh, but to, to get back on the Hassan thing, I do want to be clear. I don't care what Hassan does. No. I and I don't and I I think anyone that is looking for some sort of like legitimate uh revolutionary lifestyle from a professional Twitch streamer is absolutely demented in the brain. <laughs> like you're a crazy person. He's an entertainer. He's a politically active entertainer and there's nothing wrong with that. I also don't think that like yeah, I don't think it matters. Uh I think uh, I I truly don't. I, no, I don't. It doesn't. He like, can have a big house and fly on a private jet, whatever. Every time someone becomes an influencer in whatever thing they're doing, they immediately, they're immediately compromised and can have no political integrity. Like, that's that's how this works. Sure. But if he's saying, like, you know, decent entry-level socialist things to young people in America, like, yeah, should he be flying in a private jet? No, probably not. But, like, whatever. I, You know what? There's, like, there's such bigger fish to fry in that whole world. You know, in my I, opinion. I start to realize that our natural cycle for this show is like a four-month cycle. And at the end of four months, we get like super annoyed with everything. And we kind of need to refresh. And then like I think I think our natural cycle is about four months, and we I can tell we're coming to the end of it one now because like I'm just mad at everything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I you te- you you tend to get angry while I tend to get 
uh, kind of like a nothing means anything attitude. You're apathetic. And it lasts, yeah. It, and it lasts for like a week or two, and then we're sort of like, okay, I'm out of it. I'm back. Yeah, yeah. It could we could be just describing the cycles of being depressed, but I'm not sure. Yeah, could could be that. Anyway, number yeah. four. Uh, yeah, of, number four of, of your of your petty internet beefs. Talking of ways I have depression. Uh, that group of people are having a sing along in praise of Christ at the uh, on a plane. Which do you think is worse, that or the videos of people applauding as the mask mandate was removed mid air? Oh, the Jesus flight thing. Yeah, me too. The Jesus flight thing. I would open the door. I would. I would. I would jump. I, I would kill everyone I on the could plane. not believe that no one had stood up and told them to shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually incredible. I didn't really even want to look into that video because I didn't want to know how that could happen. I was actually terrified of finding out what happened to cause, like, why didn't people freak out? Why aren't people extremely angry in that video? What's going on? Where are they going? Why is that happening? Yeah, I, I, I don't understand how anyone would be willing to, to sing on a flight. I don't know how anyone would be willing to sing of, I mean, that said, the only people who would be willing to sing on a flight are uh, Jesus people. So, yeah, uh, it was very unpleasant and I hated watching it. But I also, I, I struggled to, I don't know, I struggled to get that angry about it. It was I like, think this doing, sucks, but... I think right. trying, to do f- trying to do fun group activities on a plane is actually quite similar to sharing vacation photos on Twitter. That's not why we're here. We're here to make it through the flight. We're here... To, to to eat our pretzels and try to cram ourselves into little seats and just get to the destination. You know, there's no point in trying to make this fun because it's not possible. No, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, talking of things that should not be made fun, uh, the next one I want to talk about is, is, I don't care about the beef, but I think the thing itself is kind of fascinating. This has got a little bit more to it. Um, now, this is a woman called uh, Mia Salas. I don't know if you've seen it floating around on Twitter. I have not. I don't think. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link you one of her videos and then you can go through it and watch, watch this video and then kind of go into the account itself. Because oh, this thing. This thing. Yes. Okay. Yes, I have. Okay. So this is a an account named Mia Salas333 who is basically sharing like writing content on the internet as like a life hack to make money. Right. But she is making money from it. Like, I think what's fascinating about this is that everyone's mad about it because she has essentially said, actually, it's it's not that hard to make money provided you don't care about the quality of the work you're putting up, which is essentially what she's done here. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's true. I'm surprised I don't see this more often where people just view writing words on the internet in the same way they view making all other forms of content on the internet. Yeah, but and I actually think this is probably a psychologically healthier way to deal with the act of making money from writing than to think it should matter. Yeah, exactly. And, and the number of people who have described this as like unsettling or unpleasant or this is awful uh, or this is like an op or whatever it is, it is kind of because it's like no, this is actually fine. Like she's basically writing for relatively clickbaity I mean, clickbait is not quite the right word like it's the content farm stuff but it's it's uh, she writes for a bunch of places i've never heard of it's like new york family mag sure eat this not that and and some a couple of others and they're just like kind of nothing sites uh and she's making somewhere between like 50 to 250 dollars per piece 
And she's like, hey, here's how you figure out whether or not it's efficient. What you do is figure out how much research you're going to need to put into it, how long that's going to take, and then how long it takes to turn the article around. If you're making under $25 and a half an hour, that's not worth it. And I'm like, that is not a bad way to think of it, actually. That, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, what she's basically describing is like copywriting. Yeah, essentially. But because she, she calls it freelance writing, everyone is furious about it. Right. Because they're like, no, no, freelance writing is like, it's a struggle. And she's like, no, no, actually you can do it like super cheaply. And like, I know an awful lot of people who write stuff under their own name that's quite good and interesting and, and, and has like a lot of depth to it. Uh, and then about 80% of their time, they spend copywriting and making money from it. And they have a, they have a balance and it. Yeah, fine. It's like how a lot of freelance journalists do consulting on the side, including me. Not a lot of it, but like I know some people who they have like a public facing Twitter persona as like a creative person and they're subsidizing that with work they do behind the scenes for like marketing firms. Yeah. You know, whatever you want to LARP as on the Internet is fine. This lady, I think, is pissing everybody off because she's like, I'm not even going to pretend like this could be glamorous. I'm just going to produce words for places in exchange for money, which is very funny. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's yeah, everyone's absolutely furious about it. And I, I think I think it's incredibly funny because I just cannot understand how you could possibly have anger at someone being like, hey, these people pay you uh, a, a, a small amount of money for work that won't take you that long. And you can stack up a lot of those in a row and make a decent amount of money from it. Yeah. Like she's not making that much. She's making like five, six thousand dollars a year before tax, which, you know, what you work out a year, what's that? Sixty thousand dollars, sixty sixty thousand dollars, seventy thousand dollars. But she's not a huge amount, but it's not nothing. It's decent. I mean, according to her TikTok bio, she's like a college student. Yeah, so she's doing this in a spare time, in which case, like, great, yeah. I actually, I had a similar racket in college, which I'm very proud of, which is that, so my college had internship credit requirements. And so ours at an internship equaled credits, which is a horrible scam that the, that the school is running because they basically are making me pay them to go work for somewhere for free, right? Yeah. So what I figured out, though, and this was like in the very early days of blogs, is that the professors didn't totally understand what websites were. And <laughs> they definitely didn't understand that I didn't have to go anywhere to write for websites. So what I did was I had nine internships at the same time. Oh, that's smart. That's good. Quote, unquote, where I was just doing like link aggregation for one. The biggest one I was working for was a... Uh, a women's health website. And so I would do the the morning link roundup for a women's health website. And I got college credit for it from just sitting in my dorm room. Uh, and I was able to run that scam to the point where I, I, I could have graduated early if I had felt like it, but I, I didn't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. That makes, it makes perfect sense because there's a bunch of different ways to do this and more power to her. And I think it's incredibly funny that everyone's mad that the idea of writing is not like a protected trade like it's not it's not like being a doctor no. or a nutritionist it's no, no, no it's just writing like fuck it everyone can do it and and if you don't care about your words you can make a lot of money from it well a lot of money you can make money from it i'm not even gonna say that this woman doesn't care about her words i just think she understands that it's like a job which i think that like a lot of people <laughs> particularly who spend their time on twitter may they might feel better about their lives if they were to think of it that way <laughs> yeah yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, all right, that was number three. Number two, uh, and we're getting into the point where I'm, I'm starting to gently care about these now. These are getting juicier, I have to say. Uh, number two is Taylor Lorenz and uh, well, the stuff that happened today. It is Tuesday as we're recording this. Uh, so to, earlier today, uh, Taylor Lorenz, now the Washington Post, published a piece uh, about uh, Libs of TikTok, which is a Twitter account that aggregates 
SJW content, kind of like a very Tumblr era. Or, or, or what was the what was the anti SJW Reddit subreddit? Kotaku in action. Kotaku in action. Yeah, right. The kind of Kotaku in action aggregating the worst quote unquote excesses of social justice content. I would think of it this way: it is essentially a pseudonymous Twitter account that operates the same way that like the New York Post operates, right? Where it finds like outrage bait. And it posts it, and then that is used by conservative pundits to be like, see, they're going to make all your children trans. Yeah, you know? it's finding the absolute edge cases and then pretending they're normal. Or they're going to take this purple-haired library drag queen is making them take the dick vein out of Snickers bars. You know, it's like that kind of thing. Yeah, and we want that dick vein in Snickers bars. So, you know, it's... It's back. They The, the woke mob didn't succeed. The dick vein is still in Snickers bars. Thank That's what, God. That, that's what Snopes.com said this week. Thank goodness. <laughs> we don't have to be tormented by smooth Snickers. So yeah, I, I want to say though, like Taylor, obviously a friend of mine, known her for many years. I think she's a great journalist. And I don't think unmasking the person who ran libs of TikTok counts as doxing, which is what conservative no, it, I, I mean, pundits are claiming it is. It absolutely is not doxing. Uh, it, it is. I mean, I was, I was tweeting about this, but the entire point of, let's say, journalism as a concept is holding power to account. And power comes in lots of forms, typically money, typically political power, typically, I guess, corporate power, if you could put it like that, but that's also sort of money. But it also now comes in the influence. Like, if you have an influential Twitter account, if you have an influential outlet, you have power, and therefore you should be held to account, and therefore you can't dox someone. Like, it's madness. It's like doxing, I don't know, the person who owns a newspaper. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You really can't dox someone without putting their address online because doxing is an implied threat of violence, whether that is digital or physical. Saying someone's name who is typically anonymous is really not doxing. It really isn't. Like, Also, hilariously, if you read the piece, Taylor didn't dox her. The, the person who's running <laughs> libs of TikTok was exposed by Glenn Greenwald. So yes, inadvertently. He inadvertently confirmed that if you read the piece. So, I mean, the whole thing is just goofy and silly and 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 completely in bad faith. But what I think is very frustrating is like in America still, you know, the conservatives can scream like they're going to take the dick vein out of Snickers. And then the establishment media has to be like, well, we we got to figure out if this is true or not, you know. And and it's just like it's hysterical. It's hysterical bullshit, and that's that's the whole reaction to this thing. That it, is, Taylor it, wrote. Is, it is it is igno- it is exhausting because like, as someone from the mainstream media, like, someone says a mad thing, and you're like, all right, now everyone's talking this mad thing. We have to go and figure it out, and it takes time. It's complicated. It takes you have to put resources into figuring. It, like, and you like, eventually you sort of come back and say like, hey, we figured out why the mad thing's not true. We've proved it. We've got all the we've got all all our ducks in a row. And then like, oh, that's like three mad things ago. We've got a new mad thing. Uh, and this is even mad. And you're like, well, what are we doing here? Right. Um, but yeah, it's, ex- it's extremely infuriating because it's it's such a like, at such a disadvantage. And I think you get people like Ben Greenwald who, I don't know, I, I feel like there was a time that he was fine. Like he was not, a, yeah, I don't know. It, it, there's so many people who have just gone so far off the edge. All I know is if I tweeted like him, my family would ask me to delete my account. Like, yes, I know that if like if I acted like that on the Internet, there are people in my life who care enough about me to be like, you need to stop. And like, I, I, for what it's worth, I would be encouraging it just to see if yeah, I would go. 
You would for sure. Yeah. But like my mom follows me on Twitter and she'd be like, <laughs> you got to stop. You got to stop doing that. You got to stop acting like that. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be happening to him. I don't think there's anyone around who wants to tell him to stop, which seems very sad to me. Yeah, it does. All right. Number one, the thing that I don't care about, but also slightly do care about, but it's a big beef this week. Elon Musk versus Twitter. I thought we talked about this last week. We did talk about this last week. Did anything week. change? Yeah, things changed. We we actually, we recorded before things changed, and then things changed oh, yeah, in right. such a way that our, our analysis remained valid, which is good. I was very happy about that because I did not want to have to re-record that segment. Yeah, no, that was great. Uh, go us. We really called it. Uh, yeah, it's really stupid. And now uh, the latest with it, as far as I understand, is that Twitter has activated the poison pill, which means that people will be able to buy larger and larger amounts of shares, diluting the company. Uh, and then I think he has like vaguely threatened to like maybe find partners to go in on the purchasing with him. Um, I've also heard some like wild rumors of like other social media sites he might buy to retaliate, but I can't share those rumors here, but there's a lot of crazy stuff going around. Yeah. I think, I think broadly speaking, his, his plan now is to go directly to Twitter, you to, to Twitter shareholders and have them sell his enough stuff to him that he gets around the, the poison pill stuff but that doesn't seem likely and jack dorsey's playing a bit of a chaos role in this i don't know yeah he's i of all the tech founders i think i think jack dorsey might be the most interesting like most of the journalists i know who have dealt with him in person say that he is just like a tremendously earnest man which is why everything he does is so confusing yeah I think I think that's it. Like he does genuinely want the best for Twitter and the best for the world, and just has absolutely no idea how to go about that. And everyone else is acting in varying degrees of bad faith, and he's acting in essentially good faith. Yeah, because he decided like the most important thing in the whole world is free speech, and yet does not appear to have thought much about what that is or means beyond just it needs to exist. And so all the things he does are like kind of ill-formed in a weird way. But like he's very passionate about those ill-formed thoughts, I guess. Yeah, there was also a really interesting thread by that Reddit ex Reddit CEO from from like a few years ago, and he kind of spoke about how Jack Dorsey had just has done a thing that kind of like is people shouldn't do, which is being have that much power over a social network and that much like responsibility for it, because it sort of fries your brain in a way that even using a social network doesn't. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think he's interesting. And I think that he is certainly not, he's, it feels like he's less averse to the idea of Elon Musk taking over because it feels like Jack Dorsey does not like the board of Twitter and is not a fan of it, but also is like not going to do it in a bad way. I don't know. It's interesting. I have that impression as well. And I think it's all very strange. And I also think that this is all self-inflicted drama that Twitter could have avoided by just doing responsible things over the last decade, but they didn't do those things. So now they're <laughs> yeah. like this high value target that like they didn't need to be. So good luck. <laughs> good luck. I If I ran Twitter, I wouldn't have left it in that state, you know, but I'm different. So. But there we go. Yeah. Oh, also it's funny that that NFT of Jack's tweet solved for like nothing. Yes. Or didn't the, solve for nothing, I think in the end. The NFT uh, of Jack Dorsey's first tweet sold for millions of dollars and then resold for would have resold for nothing if it had if it had successfully resold, which is very funny. Yeah, it is. It is. All right, that is my big seven things for the week that I don't Great. care about. 
I can't wait to hear seven more new things that you're passionately <laughs> mad about next week. Yes. All right. Awesome. Uh, shall we get to the main bit of the show? Let's talk about Fox Nation and the end of man. How much do you know about foxnation.com, Luke? I will be honest, not a lot. And I'm okay with that. So I'm just yeah. gonna let you talk and like lock off for a bit and yeah. Crack a beer, lean back, I got a yarn to spin. So let's hear a yarn. I, like most people, saw the utterly deranged trailer for Tucker Carlson's documentary about the end of man, which features many shots of naked men uh suntanning their testicles. This is like a real thing. Uh, and it's part of the second season. It's, 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 of, it's actually about getting good. It's getting lots of vitamin D. Oh no, it's not about that. We're going to get to what that is about because the, the reveal of what you're actually doing when you're suntanning your testicles is like mind blowing to me. So, but we need it. We need to do some background before we get to the ball tanning. So foxnation.com is the, it's like the Netflix HBO max, CNN Plus equivalent for Fox News. Hopefully hopefully not. Well, I mean, hopefully CNN Plus because that has gone under now. Honestly, I think Fox Nation has a better handle of what people want out of their streaming content, to be totally honest. Because right now, I'm on it. I'm on it right now. I got a free trial. The top things to watch are just the show Cops, which is... Sure, yeah. What, what a coup that is. A documentary called Who is Hunter Biden? The answer, of course, is me and Luke's boyfriend. Yeah. And shows like The Chosen, season one, Highway to Heaven, Jesus, His Life, The Jesus Strand, A Search for DNA, Holy Grail in America, The Ten Commandments, Crucifixion, The Jesus I Know, The Mothers and Daughters of the Bible Speak, Bible Battles, Bible Secrets Revealed, The God Code, Beyond and Back with Ainsley Earnhardt. Charlton Heston presents the Bible, a hundred Bible <laughs> verses that made America, Ainsley's Bible study. There's so much of this. It just, it just, it's a whole section called to keep the faith. That's great. I mean, I was really hoping the half of you that you're gonna be like cops, more cops. <laughs> There's more though. There's a section called organized crime, featuring programs such as the Great American Heist. Mob mentality, Sammy the Bull, Riddle, the search for James R. Hoffa. JFK, the conspiracy continues. There's another section called Russia, which is just all glamorous documentaries about Vladimir Putin. Great. I mean, I'm not not not, to, not gonna lie. This is what Netflix was like like six years ago when everyone kind of memory hold it. Yes. But there was a there was a period when Netflix had an awful lot of conspiracy documentaries and and Bible stuff on it, and everyone kind of forgot about it and Netflix quietly removed them all. In fact, very early episodes of The Content Minds, you bring up all the bizarre stuff you were seeing on Amazon Prime. Wow. Okay. It was more recent than I, than, than, than I thought. Like like two years ago now, like one of our first episodes, I think you do like a whole segment on the weird reptilian stuff that you found in the back of Amazon Prime. And oh, how, like, yeah. Pi- and how like pissed off you were Oh, no, it's it. still on Amazon Prime. But, but what I meant is that it was on Netflix as well at the time. Like there was a standard yeah. period where there was a lot of Jesus stuff on Netflix. And there was also this thing of like Zeitgeist documentary. 
which was they clearly given to Netflix for free, and Netflix was like, sure, content. But it, it's 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 troubling. Yes, it is troubling. Uh, the the sort of like. The real centerpiece of FoxNation.com is Tucker Carlson Originals, which is, from what I can tell, I mean, it's like they do a documentary. They find a couple moments to, like, slap Tucker Carlson in on it. I, mean, I don't even know if he narrates all of them. And the topics are uh, really troubling. So one is called Hungry versus Soros, the fight for civilization. And that's about George Soros. Ooh, okay. They have the trial of it, Kyle. Does it, does it conclude that George Soros is like a nice guy who's out to help the world? Uh, I have not watched it, but based on the thumbnail, I'm going to say no. Okay. The trial of Kyle, which is about Kyle Rittenhouse, which is about how Kyle is a cool guy, um, unfortunately. And then they have three, three like docu- like three episodes of, of a series called Patriot Purge, which is about January 6th. And it's not a not related to the purge itself, the purge series of movies. No, okay, no. And uh, they also have uh, a bunch of weird shit about aliens, which I did not realize that Tucker Carlson was super into aliens. But uh, boy, yes, he okay. That was the first season. The second season is where the end of man documentary comes from. And like I said, the the, the episodes aren't out yet, but they did do this like utterly insane season preview which was like 45 minutes long where tucker carlson interviews uh the various subjects of the season two tucker carlson originals including kid rock which apparently they are friends so tucker carlson kid rock hang out a lot i mean actually that does kind of make sense i buy that it does so i took some notes about this so the, the the big the big takeaway really truly from all of this before we get to the end of man stuff is uh, Tucker Carlson is very fascinated by aliens, and it has an entire episode coming up about mysterious cattle mutilation happening across the world. <laughs> okay, yes, great, good. Uh, and I watched it. There's uh, two YouTubers he brought on who are uh, <laughs> butchery experts, and they were just like, yeah, there's no way you can mutilate a cow that well. You'd have to train for years. And then the guy was like, and because of woke America, no one knows how to mutilate cows like this anymore because no one makes their own meat anymore. So it has to be aliens. Uh, I'm, I'll be honest. I don't follow that, but okay. So the, apparently these cows, uh, according, to, according to what I watched, these cows are being mutilated in such, a, uh, <laughs> in such, a, in such an expert way that uh, these butchery experts that have a YouTube cooking show told Tucker Carlson that there's no way that a human being could do this this well and not leave a trail of blood. <sighs> sure. Okay, cool. So so obviously it has to be aliens. And one guy in one of the clips said this is the greatest, uh, the, the greatest crime spree in human history. That... That sounds questionable. Sorry, just to go back to the blood thing, do they think yes. that every like butcher is covered in blood? No, these guys are saying that like the way that these cows are being are being killed by aliens uh, is so surgical and precise that there's no way that an amateur could do this. Because once again, men in America, this is going to be a theme throughout this. Once again, men in America are not being taught real skills like butchery anymore right i i i I, sjw sure i mean you could just put a sheet down i don't know like in the middle of the woods no it's much more logical that it was done via ufo okay right fair enough no that doesn't make sense 
So uh, in the preview also for season two, seems like there's going to be more George Soros stuff. Good, good. There's a lot of true crime stuff, including a sheriff who told Tucker Carlson that there's a section of L.A. where people just take meth and fuck prostitutes all day and all night. And the cops can't. The cops aren't allowed to do anything because the government won't give them the resources to clean up the streets. I mean, the one kind of thing that unites everyone across the political spectrum is they all love true crime for different, slightly different reasons. But everyone loves true crime. That is true. I've also noticed like a uptick in right wing media coverage about meth. I don't know why oh. is maybe it's meth season, but I've noticed a lot of Murdoch owned publications are really interested in sharing random stories of people doing crimes on meth. What more so than, I don't know, uh, like opiates. Yes. Well, I mean, I don't associate meth with crime. I associate meth with like early 2000s flash cartoons, you know, like you smoke a bunch of meth and then you like animate badger, badger mushroom on Adobe flash for like nine hours. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Okay. Or like, or like, or like, take apart a catho a cathode ray tube TV in your basement and try to put it back together. Like that's that's what the meth heads I knew in high school and college were doing when they were high on meth. It, and it's yeah, it's less fun, but you know. Yeah, I don't think it's as exciting as um, having sex with prostitutes in some kind of autonomous zone. Another interesting takeaway from this preview is that they're going to do... So Tucker Carlson is wading into the transgender panic. Good, good. That's going to be helpful. Well, the way they're doing it is objectively hilarious. So they found a woman named Helena. And Helena has a whole story about how when she was a teenager, users on Tumblr convinced her that she had to identify as a demisexual boy to be cool and fit in. I mean, we did spend a while once talking about the the uh, tumblers, tumbler sexualities, which which there are many of them, and identify however you want. But I re- vaguely remember demisexual being one of the ones that was like, that's not a thing because that is is a lot of people. I don't have an issue with that term. Whatever. Do, what do, I do have an do issue. Do you understand what it means? Uh, you are sexually attracted to demi demimon, the Digimon that looks like a little <laughs> bat. Yeah, no, it's it's you only feel sexually attracted to someone when you have an emotional bond with them. Oh, see, I'm the opposite of that. <laughs> right, the more emotionally connected you are to someone, the, the more you're like, I never want yeah. to touch you. I'm repulsed by them, yeah. My main issue with Helena's account of being uh, supposedly brainwashed on Tumblr is that I just don't think it's fair to tell the old people that watch Fox News that anything that happens on Tumblr is cool. Yeah, it was never cool. That's the whole point. That's my issue, yeah. You can't say like, oh, users on Tumblr convinced me that something was cool. You should know better. <laughs> that, that, that's kids, unfortunately. I know. Well, she, uh, she then tells Tucker Carlson that she dodged a bullet by not medically transitioning. She is now, she claims, detransitioned. And now she's trying to work with parents to help them make sure that their children can't make the same mistake she almost made. Oi, <sighs> okay. Yeah, it's dumb. It's super dumb. And like this whole like detransitioning panic thing is so ridiculous. We are obviously not the podcast that is going to be like the one you listen to to get into the specifics of why puberty blockers are probably scientifically and medically fine. But uh, that's my take on it. And I think that like 
obviously like it's actually a good thing that kids are playing around with their genders and like because like that it doesn't matter um and just like have fun with it but the thing the thing that always jumps out at me from this is that the rate of regret for transitioning in the first place is significantly less than the rate of regret for having an abortion and about the same as regret from most plastic surgeries and and probably much lower than the regret of looking back on your time as a uh, extremist bigot talking about detransitioning on calls. <laughs> yeah, that too. But like, yeah, like I actually think it's a really great thing that we live in a world where like, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old kids can like play around with how they identify in terms of sexuality and gender because like those things shouldn't matter. And like the, it's all like a part of the way of expressing yourself. Um, so that was a whole bunch of nonsense, but I do, I did have like a real eye popping moment when the word Tumblr came out of Tucker Carlson's mouth <laughs> that, that really, that felt like that felt weird. That f- that felt like a weird thing. It, it crossed some sort of Rubicon. Yeah, me. no that that was a that was a confluence of a couple things going on at the same time that was really uncomfortable for me. Let's see what what are, what other little standouts uh, do we have before we get into uh, the man stuff? Oh, obviously there was a glamorous shot of Naib Bukele in the trailer, the president of El Salvador. It did not explain okay. what he would be doing in the upcoming season, but I, I can only guess that they're going to do uh, an episode about El Zante, which is the area of El Salvador known as Bitcoin Beach, I'm going to guess. Yep, that, that sounds right. Also, I'm going to guess... So Tucker Carlson was spotted in Miami at the Bitcoin conference. I'm wondering if that was connected. Oh, that's interesting. So I don't know. Although, hilariously, Bukele did not show up, so... To the Bitcoin conference. Talking, talking of Bitcoin conferences, there is a Bitcoin conference happening in uh, somewhere in the Caribbean. In the Bahamas. I applied for a press pass and I was turned down. Really? Is that because yeah. Tony Blair and Bill Clinton are both speaking there? No, it was just I waited too long. So I, I wasn't really on my radar because I was like, I don't even know any of these speakers. And then they announced the big speakers and it was too late to get a press pass. But I did apply. Right. Actually, for people listening to this, if there are Bitcoin or actually just any tech conferences or any sort of conventions or meetups that you want me to go to over the next year, please let me know. I'm having trouble <laughs> tracking all of them. And I mean this literally anywhere in the world. I will literally go to any of these things in the world. Um, so keep that keep that in mind. But yeah, so... Basically the oh and then there was obviously uh, the the Kid Rock segment which was so they're gonna do a whole episode where I guess they just like went to Kid Rock's cabin or whatever his man you know his like his house and they just hung out with him for a while and they're gonna do an episode about that sure yep <laughs> but the real centerpiece the real centerpiece of Tucker Carlson's original documentaries and which would make it the centerpiece of Fox Nation's streaming platform is what they're calling the end of man. So let's jump to a new segment and talk about why men need to suntan their testicles. Yes, I'm so into this. So, Luke, if you had to guess why men should uh, suntan their testicles or more specifically do what's called red light therapy on their testicles, why do you think they're doing that? I, I mean, the natural answer is vitamin D. Which you know, that's not that's that's not what you should be should be suntanning. Uh, if it's not that, then um, oh Christ, I don't know. It's gonna be something so fucking stupid. All right, hit me. What what is it? So the whole thing that Tucker Carlson is doing about what he calls the end of man is based on the idea that testosterone levels are going so low. And at one point in the preview, they connect it to pollution, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. That men 
will no longer have sperm soon. Okay, sure, fine. So the whole thing is basically a bunch of pseudoscience mumbo-jumbo nonsense about how to increase your testosterone levels. <sighs> okay. And part of that is shining red light on your naked body. <sighs> I mean, another good way would be to go back in time 10 years because testosterone declines. That's what happens. Um, okay, how does the red light create testosterone? I have no idea. Oh. They don't explain it. They, uh, I'm going to Google it right now because I'm curious. But uh, they, it, they're just like, at one point, they're just like, yeah, you got to do red light therapy to up your T levels. <sighs> and then the, the other guy's like, yeah, perfect, great idea. And then they just move on, which I thought was really funny that like they're so far in this that they don't even question. Uh, okay, so a few uh, inverse.com writes, a few studies in animals suggest red light therapy may influence Leydig cells, the body's sperm producers, which live in the testicles. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I don't okay. think that sounds right to me, but. I mean, I think they are real. I just what? don't test it. Leydig cells? Yeah, I assume you know, those are real. I think testicles yeah. are real. I think they're real too. What's interesting though is that's not the craziest thing that, so they bring on a guy that they describe as a fitness professional. His name is Andrew McGovern. And for a man who uh, who really stresses like a clean and masculine lifestyle, um, he looks he looks like he's had a little bit of work done. You know, no, no, uh, sure. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to shame anyone who wants to do that. But this guy looks ridiculous. That's just that's just that's just the effect of the uh, of the red light. Yeah, he looks crazy. This man looks insane. He he said something that was so bonkers. I had to write it down. Uh, so he said that you need to eliminate fragrances from your household products. Mm -hmm. You need to drink out of glass and metals, and expose yourself to red light therapy to increase your T levels. Yep, sure, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, there's also like vague references to like microplastics. So there seems to be like this like idea, like among the guys that Tucker Carlson has brought together for this, that like sperm counts are going down. So men have to like return to nature to get their sperm counts up and they can't be around fragrances or plastic. And they have to just like eat and drink out of metal and glass and, and chop wood and shine red led lights on their balls cool good that 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 seems like a fun way to spend time i i don't oh god honestly the, the the quantity of junk science i think is probably underestimated the the negative impacts that it's had because so many people have produced so much junk science and so many it's been reported on so badly over the last 20 years that you can find something to prove anything yeah, and it looks it looks like a scientific paper, and often it's not, and it's just deeply flawed. I don't know. Like someone suggested the other day that maybe it's actually time that we just get rid of scientific journals and the entire peer review process because it, at this point it's so flawed that it is doing more damage than it is good. And I kind of agree. I mean, you know what? I'm going to say right there. I'm not qualified to answer that question. I'm not qualified to have a take on that. But what I am qualified to say is that it does seem like there's like a masculine ideal that Tucker Carlson and like men like Tucker Carlson are really fixated on. So it's the, uh, it's like the London barbershop guy, you know, it's like, I'm wearing like denim and leather and I have like brass buttons and I have like a well manicured beard and I lift weights and I eat meat. 
you know, that guy. Yeah. And now they're trying to find like a bunch of crazy science stuff to argue like that's how men have to be. That's what they're doing. Yeah, that is what it sounds like. Yes. Like you can really see them give away their whole hand when they're like, drink out of metal cups to make your sperm count higher. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's very hard to make a case that that has any <sighs> any meaning. What's also very funny is that like Tucker Carlson is not someone that I would associate with masculinity. I, 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 I mean, he looks kind of like a beta male. Um, I don't really associate him with this whole thing. But I, but I do think the interesting part about all of this stuff, both his show and all the other shows that I've perused on Fox Nation this week, is that what they're, what they're kind of doing is they're creating an ideological pipeline from like the junk of the internet to Fox News. Yeah, that sounds right. Like they're making like a bridge and they can say like, okay, uh, everyone, all, all the white supremacists have a lot of problems with George Soros. Let's do like a really like glossy, glitzy documentary, like asking the questions, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and there's nothing now stopping the weird shit and the bad shit and the uninteresting shit being mixed all up together into one of these nightmarish things. Yeah, because they're creating they're creating an info machine. And so, you know, when the when the low level, well, actually when accounts like libs of TikTok find a vein of outrage, they can and it's not big enough that it can go on Tucker Carlson's show or it requires too much like conspiratorial context, they can devote like an hour of a documentary to it and then use that documentary as a citation in a further Tucker Carlson special on mainstream TV. That's that's what I think is happening here. That, yeah, that sounds correct. And then in between stuff about sperm counts, you can watch a bunch of uh, stuff about Jesus. <laughs> so much Jesus stuff. Like, uh, it's such a weird mix, the idea of like kind of, uh, there's a long history of, uh, of also muscular Christianity, that kind of like, you know, running around in the woods and being like a healthy, hale fellow, all that nonsense. But I, I do find the, the, the way that Tucker Carlson incredibly strange do weird things to your body and drink out of metal cups it sits so oddly with kind of like live a Christian life and I don't I don't understand the I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand the weird drift I mean obviously it's, it's, it's probably obvious what it actually is but it's uh, the drift from kind of like the idea of living a principled Christian life to the idea of just doing this absolute nonsense and understanding those as two parts of the same thing, I really, I just, it's so strange. I mean, when you, like, you know, I'm going through Fox Nation right now, I'm scrolling through it, and, like, the real common denominator with all of this stuff is masculinity. That's it. The Jesus stuff, The uh, I'm, there's a thing I'm looking at about Elon Musk, Dan Borghino, his show. It's It's a... The, the the trans panic stuff it's all about upholding like a white male viewpoint and it doesn't necessarily need to be christian but christianity is just like the easiest way to 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 transmit those ideas yeah and so all of these things are just like the point of view of every piece of content on this platform that i'm staring at is the point of view of like a white dude in his late 60s yeah and it yeah it doesn't really add up and you can tell because they have an entire section about like mob documentaries. 
Like that's the thing. Like that's what that's what these guys want. It's interesting. I I think I don't know what the numbers are in Fox Nation. Uh, as you said earlier, CNN Plus is crashing and burning pretty hard. But this to me, because it's like emphasizing essentially stuff that you could see on the History Channel, it seems like it could be better. But I still don't understand how like a 65 year old man would find his way to this website and give them money to use it. Yeah, I, I see that. I mean, I've always said like, actually, if you really wanted to make a, a streamer, a streaming service that would, you know, or, or would work and would make a huge amount of money and, and not struggle with it, what you probably want to do is just make endless World War II documentaries. And I think <laughs> yeah. this is kind of that for a certain type of person. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. But what's so weird though, is that like, I just don't see old people using streaming services. So I don't know who this is really for. Uh, maybe not. I guess maybe Dan Borghino fans, but I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I'm the, I'm excited because right now while I'm talking to you, I'm going to cancel my account. Okay. Are we ready? Can I free myself from this? Are you actually going to be able to? I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I am too. Okay. Instead of canceling, it says I can get my next month for 99 cents. Mm, still seems, still seems like you should cancel it. There's a big red button that says accept and accept has an asterisk. And underneath that, it says, by clicking accept, your next payment of 99 cents will be on your renewal date. After that one-time payment expires, it will automatically renew at the then current rates unless you cancel before renewal. The charges, okay. No, I'm going to cancel. Here we go. I'm canceling. Okay, now I get to tell them why. <laughs> Just not enough Jesus content. I'm going to say uh, the selection on Fox Nation wasn't large enough. No, I hit the, God damn it. I hit the. <laughs> Have you renewed? No, there's a red button and it and okay, so if you renewed, you've so, renewed, haven't you? No, no, no. So if you go you 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 try to cancel it, it takes you to a page that has a red button that says accept, and then underneath it in little text, cancel my subscription. I click the little text, it has the the survey, and then underneath that is another red button that says keep my subscription. But then underneath that you have to click cancel my subscription. Okay, I've been canceled. But All right, nice I, I, I do have it until next month. So Oh thank God. Yeah, thank God. Hey, Luke, have you consumed any content to stay sane this week? Yeah, I've got another uh, Netflix reality show uh, called The Ultimatum in which, again, it's the wrong length and the format doesn't make sense. Great. Can't wait to go back to that old chestnut. It's a good chestnut. Uh, how about you? What are you content you consume to say soon? I've started playing Genshin Impact. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good. So let's go talk about that on our mini-sode. All right. Let's do it. If you want to check that out, go to thecontentminds.com. Uh, you can get all of our episodes there. And uh, I want to thank Seven Morris for editing this week's episode and making these soundscapes sound beautiful and lovely. And uh, leave a comment or review on your podcast app of choice as if Luke and I just exposed the aliens that have been mutilating cows. Yes. Cool. Bye. See you next week. Bye.